I think it's that time to address the elephant in the room, or rather the elephant in the water. When it comes to triathlon, the biggest concern or question out there on social media is how to get over the anxiety of swimming. And uh, the responses are always quite good, but let's create all the feedback we can on one channel. What do you guys say? My name is Dion. Welcome to another episode of Not Yet Mature. So the first thing that I notice is people give this advice. Don't drown. It ruins the whole race. And that's very funny, but there's actually so much truth in that. I mean, we see it at major events. We see that the fatality rate in terms of swimming is high. Well, although it's not always fitness, fitness related, um, the anxiety causes heart attacks. It might not always be drowning, but it's severe. Now, I believe, uh, uh, you know, the major brands should incorporate mandatory swimming experience, like with running. In South Africa, for example, if you were to enter the Comrades Marathon or even the Two Oceans Marathon, they ask you as prerequisite, um, you know, do you belong in a club? Have you entered a race before? Um, and what is your qualifying race criteria? Now, they do that mostly for the overwhelm response in numbers so that they give people a chance who's actually runners and not there to waste resources and time and not being able to finish in time. But there's, a, there's so much truth in that in terms of safety. Well, with running, there's a lot that can go wrong, but uh, statistically speaking, the fatality rate is not that high. But with swimming, it causes your life at the end of the day. Now, I believe how major brands where they should move to is actually copy and paste this mechanism. If you were to enter for Ironman or Ultra or anything like that, they should actually ask you for proof that you have done open water swimming before. Because that's where people die. That's where people get anxious. And they don't. They ask you to enter and then guide you through working programs. And yes, fitness level is definitely one thing. It's fine to ask people, you know, you can look in people's Strava. Are you fit enough to swim, you know, 1.9 kilometers or 3.8 kilometers, depending on which distance you do? You can surely monitor that, right? But the thing that they don't ask you is the vital point. The thing that they don't require is the vital point. I think they should really move towards making it mandatory for you to have like a preceded event, especially in open water swimming. It doesn't need to be a triathlon or it can be like a smaller version. 
but swimming like something like the Midmar Mile or official swimming event just for knowing that the people's got that open water experience and not only open water for themselves with a couple of friends, but that overwhelm in experience because swimming really is an overwhelm. So that's something that I really think that major brands should move towards is they should really make it a mandatory thing that you need to be not only fit enough to do it, but also have the experience in a, in a pre-resequent event or something like that, that basically seeds you, not based on time, but more based on capability. But the question lies, why swimming is so nerve wracking? And we know the answers, but what can we do to make it better? So there's a couple of reasons why swimming is nerve-breaking, right? Um, first of all, it's the most unnatural of three. You are exercising or performing in a position that doesn't have oxygen necessary on supply um, as you demand it. Um, your body is in a horizontal position, which is very different with blood flow. Um, so from the three, it's the most unnatural thing you do not live in water. So naturally, it is nerve-wracking. Naturally, it is more difficult to do, not only for the exertion part, but just because of how you are positioned and the environment that you are in. Second, most unnatural thing in triathlon is actually nutrition. I mean, it's a topic completely on its own, but just think about it. You unnaturally need to take in more nutrition on a timely basis than you do whenever you just live or survive or, you know, not exercise or train or endure that hard. So the second point on why it is nerve-wracking is your mind plays games with you. Your mind truly just exposes you into this new environment and keeps on reminding you, hey, dude, what are you busy doing? I cannot breathe. I cannot see. And that leads me to the third point. Why it's so nerve-wracking is for the fact that you cannot see. Seeing is a sense. And that's the sense that if taken away, meaning you are used to your sight, I'm not talking about people born with disabilities or, or limited capabilities or anything like that, but it's something that you actually have access to. And now all of a sudden it's taken away. And like any other sense, this causes the brain to go into another state. Another point why it's so nerve-wracking is breathing on demand is different. Because of wetsuits, yes, your diaphragm cannot expand on demand as it's used to. It's a bit more compressed. But don't take away the obvious. You can only breathe while not fully submerged with your head. And then especially with open water, take, you know, you're taking big gulps of water as people splash that around you. And so the breathing technicality makes it very nerve-wracking. The fifth point is there's a tremendous overwhelm in the water. People are literally fighting for breaths and strokes. Now, we can raise concerns with event organizers, you know, to, to make it more mandatory so that people, you know, just come to the race more ready. But the truth is, it is up to us to be race ready and to do our part. So how can we get over this anxiety? Now, there's a couple of pointers. There's prior to open water swimming or event day, as you may call it. And then there is open water swimming or event day. So it's kind of like a two, three versions, if you want to put it like that. But let's have a look at prior to open water, right? The first tip I want to give is get comfortable with water. 
play around in the water. When you enter the swimming pool, put on your goggles or don't put them on. It doesn't matter. Just float around, submerge yourself, play around with breaths. Just, just get comfortable in the surrounding area, the new environment that is a non-natural environment. We see that all the time. People are so focused on their fitness and time constraints that they don't play in the water. They don't take it all in. And now they've never been in open water. Obviously, if you've been in open water, you can, you know, kind of like skip this part. But I would seriously recommend just make time before you start training. Just play around in the water. The second point is you actually need to be swimming fit. Training is a vital point. And although it doesn't take away the anxiety, it truly assists just with your exertion ratio, with that, you know, VO2 max sessions and that oxygen in demand and everything like that. You need to be swimming fit. It's not like the others where you can just pitch up and say, well, I'm just going to go for it and, and, and for the fun of it. On the bike, what will happen is you will cramp up, you will get off your bike, and you will push the bike and not finish. On the run, you will cramp up, and you'll be exerted and dehydrated, and you will just walk and maybe exit the race. In swimming, this exertion will lead to anxiety that is life-threatening to you. So getting swimming fit is really super important. The next point I want to make is you need to learn how to connotate water with fun. And it really links to number one. But, you know, I just always think about uh, songs about that. If you listen to the Beach Boys a bit and or maybe some Venga Boys. Skinny dipping on a long. You know, you need to just make that mental connotation that says water equals fun. If water scares you in every single part, it's just got this hold on you for anxiety. It needs to be fun. The next point I want to make is technique, technique, and technique. Now, let me explain. Right? Bullying through water is something that, you know, fighting the water is something that really just causes you panic, anxiety. It causes you additional unnecessary exertion. And... Fitness is one thing, but you can learn from the pros from this. It's all about technique. And there are various techniques out there. There are various breathing strokes. And you can go and watch all of them to see what's the pros and cons. I'm not going to tell you which ones I use or which ones to use and which ones not to use. Because there truly is, I think, something valuable to be taken from each technique. But at the end of the day, the one thing that's very important is, you know, stroking or gliding through the water really makes it easier for you on race day or on open water is to have that technique. And if you focus, I'd say it's 80% of your time on technique rather than just, you know, suffering through the water, then I would say you off to a very good start. Let me give you an example. Lionel Sanders mentioned in his new video that, you know, his coach basically forces him to swim slower and focus more on technique. And he actually said that... During training days, he's never swum slower in his life. However, on race days where that accumulated for, he's never swum faster in his life. It adds that value. It is something that is super important to learn technique. And why do I say various ones as well? Conditions might change. You need to learn how to just, and we'll mention that now again, but to lift uh, your chest out of the water to get 
visual sights. You need to learn how to, if someone super annoying is swimming on your left-hand side, to skip more on the left-hand side breathing and more to the right and vice versa. You need to learn how to swim with or without goggles and, and change your stroke length um, because you might just be on the back of a pile and um, going past them. Maybe it's too big of a crowd. You know, Ironman can be really, well, not Ironman only, any any triathlon can be really, you know, overwhelming in terms of how many people are swimming there. And if you are fixed on one technique, you will be so concentrated that you become frustrated when that when anything out of your control pauses you to use that technique. So playing around with various te- techniques is really helpful. Um, I have found that. And then, um, yeah, that's that's something that's that's very important to me is just to play around with not play around with techniques, get techniques going, but use various ones. Uh, the next point is breathing and strokes, also different ones. It is very important to remember that you will lose sight in open water. It's, you don't have the tile lines, you don't have the, the, the ropes in the swimming pool, um, anything like that. Um, even as the, the, the rises of the water just you know, push you out, uh, you'll be surprised that sometimes you can't even, never mind the, the, the water, you won't be able to see three, four meters a, around you. So having different breathing techniques and strokes really helps you just to sometimes, you know, the, the, the best, not sometimes, always the best technique of stroke is the, the reach. But sometimes you need to make a shorter one to propel and push your chest out of the water to be able to see and maybe get out of that riser or dune, however you call that, uh, of the water. The sixth point I want to make is concentrate on what you are training. Keep the mind focused and notice what your body is busy doing. <clears throat> we see so many people just asking, you know, can what earphones do you use to listen to music underwater? And I'm a huge fan of that, I must add. I'm not taking away anything for granted. Because swimming, especially in a pool, can become very boring. Now, it's very important to realize that in open water swimming, this is really not allowed. It's a safety hazard. It won't be allowed in events. Like, don't use them. So to get too comfortable with those might be something that is not great. However, if this helps you enjoy your swim, especially if you've got everything covered, then I'd say go for it. It's not a problem. But as you are training, concentrate on what you are busy doing. Concentrate on the technique you're doing. Concentrate. Keep your mind focused on what your body is busy doing. This will help in open water circumstances that you notice red flags that you're doing yourself. And to stay in tune with your body that you don't focus on anything and everything external going on around you, but focusing at the task at hand. So it is really, really super important to to just keep your mind focused on what your body is busy doing. You need your concentration very high in terms of swimming. The seventh point is do pool sessions with your gear. Okay, I know it's not always fun and not always allowed and not you're not always able to and you don't always want to do that. You don't you really want to train in the pool and and get the extra benefit of your gear like wetsuits in the open water. However, you still need to be comfortable in your training zone of what you're going to use on race day. Now, we don't always do that. We don't see people swimming with their wetsuits in the swimming pool. Then they go out on open water training days. They think they're going to test it there, but they're so anxious because they're not used to that compression on their chest that that training day counts for nothing. And then they connotate fear with open water swimming and not fun with open water swimming. 
So in your pool sessions, the same with everything else on all the other legs, try to use your race gear and exercises as well. This will really, really help you. The, say, the eighth point I want to make is if your bum sinks, lift it. It is super vital for you to be have a good position. Now, this forms in on technique and, and coaching and things like that. But I really want to mention that as you get tired or lazy or concentrate on your strokes, your bum sinks more and you find yourself pulling through it. Rather use a pool boy. And let me explain. If you are in open water, your wetsuit will be your pool boy. It will lift your bum for you if you just lay in a horizontal position. So that will actually help for you. Now, it's important to exercise that core strength and things like that. So I'm not saying do it solely the whole time. But while you're busy focusing on technique, strokes and breathing and your bum is busy sinking, lift it. Okay, if you cannot do it yourself and focus on yourself, use a pool boy. You are allowed to do so. The very important point especially with swimming, but like with triathlon, get a swimming coach. Like your triathlon coach might give you things to do and you might have a great program of what needs to achieve, but a swimming coach adds value. Now in our club, for example, I swim with a lot of people. Well, we've got a lot of people. We all do swim, bike, and run and things like that, but everyone gets additional swim coaching. So if you ever want an additional coach, or you've got money to do so, or you'd rather think about buying that $10,000 uh, you know, triathlon bike, Maybe reinvest that money into a swim coach. Swim coaches really cuts off time, energy, and everything from your swimming. It's super vital if, you, if, if you're in the position to get additional coaching or anything. Or you, you can only afford one specific coach, but the rest you can get free trials or, or you know, on the internet or anything like that. That's, that's fine. Just get a swimming coach if that's the only coach you can get. Number 10 is learn the technique of pacing yourself without looking at the towels or your watch. It's all about the stroke and stretch, guys. If you are swimming, how do you pace yourself? You look at the towels. Every 100 meters or every length of the pool or whatever, you start looking at your watch to see if you're there. In open water, you won't have time looking at your watch. And even if you do, it will take your mind so off of what you are busy doing, you would actually stop and pause or do, you know, be more hard on yourself or be too soft on yourself. And it really just creates a chaos. And, and you'll be surprised the, the overwhelm of the event, how that pushes you to go super fast, especially in the beginning. And that's something that you didn't train for. And you will get to the point that, it, you know, you think you're on the route to, to a personal base. And you might be, but the biggest risk factor is that you'll actually be on your way to exertion. And just not having that energy to pull through. And that once again leads to, to anxiety. So you need to, that forms part of listening to your body and, and, and really focusing on what you're busy doing with. But you need to learn how you are pacing yourself. Notice the strokes, the strides, the stretches, everything like that. Like how long or the flow of your arms. I'm literally moving my arms now as I speak, but that's something that you really need to do is just when you're in the open water, like the, the feeling should automatically tell you what pace you are busy with. And then you should be in the position to know that you can propel through a crowd or you need to slow it down or whatever the purpose is. So notice on how you're feeling, notice on how you're busy doing because you need to learn how to to. Yep, to definitely pace yourself, um, even in the swimming pool. Well, remember, we're still on the swimming pool sessions before you even 
take it to the open water. Then another point is really watch YouTube tutorials. There's a lot of tutorials out there from pros um, and people that just experience it from themselves. And you'll be surprised of on, on really just the, the small tips that people can give you that really goes a long way. Um, the last point I want to make in the pool, something that we are all guilty of, is please remember one thing. You are not in a race with a person in the other lane. Focus on your task. We get so often pulled by the person next to us that we want to race, and it's all fun and games, and that's fun. If it's part of your, your fun activity, that's 100% fine. But if you are there to exercise or practice something specific within a heart rate zone, within a pace zone, within a you know technique specific, whatever you're busy with, learn to concentrate on what you are busy doing and not what they are busy doing. In a race event, people can easily pull you out of your training zones and, and not in a good way. So if you don't have that, um, how can I say, that reliability on yourself to just, you know, the, the discipline in yourself rather to focus with what you are busy doing with one person next to you, just imagine the effect of a thousand people next to you will have on you. They will pull you out of your comfort zone and it can once again lead to a PB, but it really, if you're not pro or used to open water swimming, this really can be something that's costing you your race. Now, taking it to open water and race day, let's go have a look at those 20 pointers for that. Number one, get open water experience. Don't go out on the water once. If you can go every single weekend, even if it's not part of your training, remember you can always just swim for fun. It's a different aerobic, anaerobic exercise. It's really relaxing on the body. Get that experience out. Number two, meditate beforehand. And I'm not talking about any superficial or official religious activities where you go and have to fold legs and things like that. No, it's simply looking at the water taking it all in and visualizing what's about to happen. Just remember that fun zone that water can be. Meditate on the task at hand. Number three, get comfortable in the water and remember the mindset of fun. Remember, I mentioned this on pool swimming. Now it's an open water swimming. And the same goes for that. If you are just going for a training day, don't just jump in and start swimming. Play around. Um, splash each other really just get comfortable and remember that connotation of fun and if it's not fun if it's fearful remember you can still be a bit you know anxious and, and things like that yet still connotated with fun it's like going on a roller coaster you know it's going to be fun but you're going to be a bit anxious a bit nervous rather so it's really important to just get that mindset of fun number four is focus on what you can see rather than what you can't you will as I mentioned, be very surprised in a race that there's so much that you won't be able to see. But focus on the things that you can see. Things like the person next to you, things like a visual maybe on the beach, things like the clouds in the sky, maybe a peak in the sun, don't blind yourself. But a very helpful tip that someone once said on, I think it was the Global Triathlon Network, I can't remember who, but that helped me a long way from my anxiety because yes, everyone has that anxious feeling if they don't have the experience. And even till today, I get those nerves and I need to overcome them and do the connotation and everything. But something that really helped me a long way is look at your hands as they enter the water. 
don't focus on what you can't see. Don't focus on the depth. Don't focus on your mind playing tricks with you. Don't focus on the things that you cannot see. You can see your hands. See them. Watch them as you stride. Keep your eyes focused on them. And when you turn your head to take a breath, even if you need to do a bit more sideways roll to actually visualize and see the ocean, focus on what you can see. And if you're close to a buoy, focus on that buoy. See it as a, a milestone and an achievement. You really need to focus more on what you can see. Looking at your hands, guys, girls, this is the most helpful tip that anyone has taught me, that as you swim, just look at your hands as they enter and exit the water. It really keeps your mind occupied and you not focus on what you cannot see. Number five, get the gear going. Train with your gear, exercise with your gear, test your gear. Don't use something on race day that you're not familiar with and don't use that wetsuit only once. Get the gear going. Number six, make it mandatory for yourself to get open water events. Even if it's swim-only events, even if it's smaller triathlons, don't wait until race day. And even if you are used to swimming but you haven't done it in a while, Still use that as a tip. Go see if there's an event. It's, you know, you, a lot of people say, you know, open water experience is enough. But remember, once again, with open water swimming with you and a buddy, always buddy up, by the way, with you and a buddy and with you or a couple of friends, the, the, the problem is it's, there's no overwhelm. With a swimming event leading up to triathlon, there is overwhelm. So you kind of want to get used to that overwhelm as well. And remember now, with the swimming event only, you can use all body energies and exertions. And, and you, can, you can kind of fail there because it's not your main event. So if something were to happen and you need to take 10 minutes additional, that's fine. As long as you get that overwhelm experience. So that is something that is really more important is do even more mandatory open water events. Make it mandatory for yourself. And then... Number seven, leading back to that, do even more open water swims. Even more. Number eight, take a buddy and tell them that you are anxious, like with those open water swims. Tell this person, hey, I'm a bit nervous. Can you maybe stick with me? And then ask them how they got over it because you might be surprised that they're also in that same boat just pretending to be all right because, you know, they are fit and they are world champs or on their way to that. And you'll be surprised how people are also in that same boat or rather out of the same boat as you. So ask them about it. Take tips. Be open about it. Number nine, the, especially with, with, with race events, remember that people will kick pull and splash you they're not doing this on purpose guys they are like you who by the way is also kicking and splashing to survive so get over anger and in control of your emotions be mindful and sympathetic if the first person splashes you or kicks you i promise you you want to reach into your anger box and you're just going to not concentrate on what you're busy doing they're not doing this on purpose and remember this you are also splashing and kicking someone behind you and think about it, you're not doing it on purpose. So don't let anger be the boss of you and really get in control of your emotions. Number 10, pace yourself according to your training zones. 
the atmosphere will quickly rush you out of breath. So I mentioned this early, but the same goes with, with training days. That's why you are not training days, open water swims. That's why in training days, you need to really just concentrate on how to pace yourself so that you can apply that pace in racing days. And yes, you can push a bit harder, that's fine. But at the end of the day, you need to not stay in that comfort zone and not let it pull you out of that. So concentrate on your pace and pace yourself. Number 11, if you cannot find your pace or breathing techniques, go for the secondary techniques that you, that you exercise. Even if it costs you 10 seconds per 100 meter, it's not the end of the world. This might save your swim and save your race by just going to the secondary options. That's why I mentioned to actually train for those. Number 12, alternatively, you can stop and remember you are floating with a wetsuit or you can hang onto a buoy you can get your breath back and go. Do not exert yourself in water, bullying strokes or paddles. We see that. A lot of people say, you know, I'm just going to go into doggy paddle and things like that. Guys, it's not effective. Rather just take five seconds on your back, remind yourself where you are, remind yourself what you're busy with, get your breath back, ease your mind and just stroke and stride through it. Um, the biggest thing about that is you didn't notice your pace. Now you wanted to breathe. It's not there on the demand. There's overwhelm everywhere. People are splashing and now you just want to, you know, see them the whole time so you can ignore them or divert around them. And that's really, really not ideal. Number 13, have fun and keep the hard work goal on mind. You trained hard to do it and remember that you are capable. Number 14 is kind of like the various coaching techniques out there. That's the easing in versus the rushing in. And you can truly decide. So a lot of coaches out there will tell you, so as you are preceded or seeding yourself and things like that, that you really want to rush in just to get that heart rate up and to uh, just... Uh, pull away from the crowd and the overwhelm so that you're in control and then when you buy the first turn we just go into your natural pace that is really a good um, option out there really good um, advice however sometimes especially if you knew at this this can really exert you when you at the the turn off there might not be a lot of people around you but you're so exerted and out of breath and out of your pace and technique and especially out of your breathing technique um so the other alternative is to just ease in at first, like really just um, enjoy the water at first, take it all in, starts with a slow stroke and gradually build it up to your pace and uh, just take the rest of the environment around you. So it's kind of like a catch 22 or a 50-50 scenario. The one will give you the benefit of breaking away from the crowd unless they obviously do the same and um, lead to possible exertion. The other one will stick you to the crowd and maybe even fall back from the crowd, which is also a 50-50 thing. But at least you're relaxing it in and, and, and really taking it in. That costs you like a minute or two on your race, but that's something that really works for me. So um, just remember there is a difference between easing in and rushing in and both have very good points and you really need to decide, but train for it and then stick to it. Um, number 15, join a club and swim the course the day before. So many people, even though it's not your club, will advertise that they're going for the open water swim on the course or in the ocean or nearby just so that you can get used to the water temperature, the uh, visibility, and just, you know, get that anxious feeling and, and nerves out of the way. I would seriously recommend that. Do that. Go on social media. Ask around. They, you'll be surprised how many people are actually doing that before the race, even if it's just you and your body. But what helps is to do, go with a local club that is known with the waters and everything like that. 
that because they will actually give you some extra pointers and if you need gear they can give you expert advice on that on what you can find locally um number 16 do water exertion runs a couple of days before so i found this to be very helpful so especially me not living close to an ocean you might you know do this part of your normal training so what i do is i go down to the beach as I get closer to event days, I put on my goggles and my swim cap and I go from the beach and I just run into the waves. Like, let it just fully exert me and swim out. I don't do a swim. It's literally just let, let that break, the thirst, uh, first three waves break me and really make me tired. It just, once again, is a mindset thing of... Even though the water makes you tired, you're not kind of afraid to go in again and do it again. So it's really a mindset thing to to do that. And I found it to be very helpful. I call it water exertion runs. Um, and I do that a couple of days before that. I really just run into the water, give five or ten fast strokes, pulling the water, swim back out, in again, out, in again, out, until I really can't anymore. So, you know, you're just used to saying, okay, so water, although I respect you, I can break through. It's kind of more a mental thing than, than anything other. You're not going to gain on, on any strength just before a couple of races. If you do this a, a lot, that might be even germ work uh, for you, actually. Um, number 17, imagine the swim, imagine the race. Forms part of that meditation, but really just meditation is taking in the environment around you and saying what you're about to do. Imagining the race is kind of like a next level where you imagine people kicking and pulling, where you imagine the overwhelm, where you imagine that gun going off and just what you are about to do. Just take it all in and just put it in perspective. Like, yeah, really imagine the swim and imagine the race after that even. Like what's happening after that? What's happening before that? Remember to stay hydrated before. Your bladder will always have some urine to, to, to pee. Um, don't, take, don't excuse the intake of fluids. Don't overhydrate, but really just stick to your hydration exercise and, and plan and make sure that you stay hydrated because you would go down to the beach and maybe sometimes with some events stand there for a whole entire hour with race gear on, the sun heating up and everything, and you will just become dehydrated. Number 19, remember your gear. Remember to take the gear that you trained with and the gear that you trained with should ideally be your race gear. Remember your gear, not someone else's. Do not use other gear, especially with swim. And then the last point I want to give is be a friend or get a friend during a race. So with my... I always say that some races are your races, meaning you focus so on yourself. And you know my saying and feeling about triathlon being a, an inclusive sport for community. So very often as I go through my race calendar is, although I want to do PBs and things like that, it really is about for me to encourage and motivate other people around me because for the mere fact that I've done a couple and I know there's people doing it for the first time. And I remember my first triathlons, how much influence it had on me on the encouragement, not only of the crowd, but of fellow athletes. And sometimes that can really go a long way. Be that friend for someone and start from the swimming. I'm not saying to pull someone. So what happened with me is, but this is also linked to my easing in technique, is I did an event um, called Tin Man in South Africa, which is an Olympic distance. And by the way, I got third in my age group and um, did a personal best on an Olympic course. I think it was, I can't even remember what the time was because maybe, well, I can, but maybe I'd say it and it's not that, but it was quite a good time, right? <laughs> it, was, it was really not bad. 
I came third. Come on, guys. So what happened in that race, we started, um, obviously went down to the beach and got ready to start. And I just noticed that there was this uh, lady that was completely nerve-wracking. And as I eased into the water, she was just in front of me. She actually turned around and came back out. I noticed her. I saw her. And I actually went to her, knowing that it's going to cost me a minute or two. And I said to her, what are you busy doing? And she said, I cannot do this. And it wasn't the worst conditions ever. It was actually pretty great. Like big entry waves, but flat waters. And it's down in Durban in South Africa. So what happened was, as I went to her, I said, what are you busy doing? And she said to me, well, I can't do this. The overwhelm, the anxiety, everything. I said, well, listen to me. because." Two weeks prior to that, guys, two weeks prior to that, I had a massive anxiety attack in the water. And I needed to put two weeks of hard work to get it over and done with. And I applied all of the things that I mentioned here so that I can have a good race. And the week after that was my first 70.3 down in Durban. So this was very vital for me. And I actually went to, I said to her, listen, I've Googled some and researched some and tried some things in the water and I'm going to show you. So why don't you stick with me? I'm not going to pull away like an idiot. Why don't you stick with me? We just go over and under the waves until we're out in the open water. And once we're in the open water, we're going to focus on everything that I mentioned now. I didn't go through it this long because obviously by that time I was finished. And I said to her, the one thing is focus on your hands, focus on your breathing and focus on what you can see. And remember that you are capable. So she needed assistance because she was swim fit. And I'll tell you now why I say that. She needed assistance to just break that fear of the waves, which we've done together in a different easing technique. Then she just needed to be reminded of focusing on what you can see. And she did that. And here by the third buoy, she just pulled away. Like I needed to chase her. As I was busy turning around from my last lap in the run, so we now three legs in, she came in front of me, high-fived me, beat me in, in this race, which is fine, and she won. She won the ladies' race, not the ladies', the, the, the ladies' classification of the race. She won that that day. And a couple of hours, not a lot, like two hours earlier, she was about to opt out because of that fear. So she was capable of doing everything. Her mindset was just in the wrong space. And I was that buddy for her. And it's really a proud moment for me to know that. But it also was because someone did that for me. So if you're in the position to assist others, I would strongly recommend doing that. I really hope the swimming tips and training tips help you. And I know that you are capable of beating this anxiety and fear and enjoy open water swimming so much more. All of the best from my side. Goodbye. <laughs>